welcome back to another episode of the Candid Cox Cast, where we basically talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to rowing and coxing. So, of course, because you guys know me, we have another Dutch edition of the Candid Cox Cast, where I butcher all the Dutch, and we have a lot of fun talking about awesome things in the Netherlands. So, without further ado, um, I'm really excited to introduce my co-host, um, Corne. Am I close? Hi. Yes, yes, you're pretty close. Yeah. I'm okay. pretty curious about how you're going to pronounce my last name because you did my front name, my first name, you did pretty well, but I'm pretty curious how you're going to do the, the last name. De Groning. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, just stick with, <laughs> stick with the first one. <laughs> I, know, I know. Every time I say the Dutch, I have to throw that sound in there. Yeah, yeah, like, but okay. Well, it, just to make it, it to make it easier for you, my my um, last name is De Koning, but it's uh, the English translation for the king. So if if that would make it easier for you, you could also just make it like that. We'll just call you the king. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I can. Live oh with my that. gosh! I tried so hard. I tried so hard. Of course, I messed it up the first time I tried to add the sound in because I usually miss that. So I tried it. It's actually much simpler than than I thought. Okay. Yeah, well, actually it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, without um, further ado, again, let's dive right into this because I want to hear so many cool things about para rowing. I've had one other para coxswain on the podcast and I learned so much and I'm really, really hoping that we can learn a lot from you today. So if you don't mind, um, Start with telling us a little bit about how you got into rowing and then how you found para rowing. So take us back to when it all yeah. began. Yeah, well, that's it's about uh, 2012, actually, because uh, before before I got involved with rowing, I did uh, another. Uh, yeah, well, it, it's 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 officially named adaptive sports. So I was doing wheelchair floorball before uh, and, and uh, I was also playing national team. Um, and I was just looking, kind of looking for another challenge. And, and with a team building activity from the floorball, we, uh, we went, uh, we went rowing, uh, oh, and I, I, I kind of liked it. And, uh, the, the former coach was kind of impressed by the fact I could, um, pull with, with less technique. I could pull pretty hard on the erg for 500 meters. So he was like, all right, it's, it's, you have to give rowing a go and just kind of give it a chance and he just um uh, actually before i wasn't before i had any experience he was like okay if if you just train hard uh, you've got a lot of potential to to become um well kind of an elite athlete so i was like oh okay it's <laughs> something special to hear where you don't have any kind of experience with a sport no kidding um, no, yeah, but but it was a it was a cool challenge for me actually, and uh, and and uh, the wheelchair floorball I I always liked it, uh, but it was more like um, a game sport. So uh, you just had uh, the same time every time. So it was um, halves of twenty minutes, and the one who scores the most wins. And with rowing, it's just you need a complete different mindset. It's just go from uh, well from start to finish. You just go full power and it's just a complete other level of racing and and that challenge just um well i i, I kind of got hooked on it 
So, and that was around 2012. And it, it, it actually went, like promise, went pretty quick because I started rowing uh, for the first time in January uh, 2013, so on the water. And, um, well, not much longer. I was already competing at the first World Cup. And, and later that yes. year, I was doing my first world championship in, in Korea. So it was, well, one big roller coaster in just a couple of months, just from nothing to uh, fifth place finisher at the world championship. So that's pretty bizarre. Amazing. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So they don't, much, they yes. don't call you the king for nothing. Um, well, it, 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 it took some, it kind of took some years before I got that name. Okay. You had to earn your, earn your title. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to earn it. So the, the, the saying goes that rowers can't play ball sports. So <laughs> that we get rowers from a lot of ball sports. Did we win you over because you were so, so with the ball sports? Um, well, I, I, I wasn't, uh, the most technical uh, player in the field, but um, <laughs> I kind of didn't fear a challenge of just um, bumping into somebody, just blocking someone. I was kind of more the, I was more the kind of physical blocker and the one you don't want to um, kind of mess with. I was just uh, going yeah. sprinting with the wheelchair, just keep going, keep going, keep sprinting and the um, tough guy. Yeah, oh. yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah. With a ball, I couldn't. Um, I, I I could do some things with a with a hockey ball, but I wasn't uh, technically the best player there was. But I just could compensate with, um, well, with enough energy and strength. So that 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 kind of worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. And so you find rowing, and things start happening really, really quickly. Um, what is the training like? I always wonder, I mean, is it, because a lot of times that we don't see, um, you know, the, the different teams out there, like we're kind of in mm -hmm. our own worlds, like we're out with an eight or singles or whatever it is. Um, what does the training look like for you? And how was that different from what you were used to before? Um, well, when I was playing wheelchair floorball, it was uh, a kind of, uh, we were with a team. So that had a, had a weekly training. Uh, but it was once a week and uh, national uh, organized training was actually once a month. So you kind of had five, six training moments a month. So that wasn't much, but um, you were all, everybody was just on himself just to make sure to get fit. And uh, I, I always was like, I just want, wanted to be fit. Um, so actually, since I was 15, I was... Oh, 15, 16, I just went to the gym nearly every day just to uh, build muscle. And, well, of course, like every boy wants just to look good on the beach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, heck, yeah, your beach muscles. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, of course. So so I, I, I kind of worked hard for them. But, um, well, with, with rowing, I was kind of, well, soon find out that um, you just need more than big muscles to 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 race <laughs> <laughs> that those muscles could look good on you but they completely useless when the well when the when your condition just isn't <laughs> as good as you hoped it was true yeah true. It, it was I, I i kind of remember the first uh the first erg training uh trainings i did it was just two weeks before the national uh uh, championships. The the former coach just called me. He was like, "All right, 
uh, I kind of still believe in you and I just want you to race there. And he said, well, I know somebody who could give you some training for the next two weeks and then you can compete on an ERG um, at the national championships. And it was like, all right, the first time it was just uh, easy getting used to it. So uh, two times, 20 minutes. And it was like, okay, okay, that's kind of fine. And the other time I went there, it was just um, minutes on and minutes off. And I just could still remember, I just hold on for four, um, the, I hold on for four times. And the fifth time, I was just like, all right, I'm going to get sick. And I just went sick over there because I was like, oh, this is really another kind of sport. <laughs> okay, so I have to interrupt you. Did you just say that you entered the world championships on the ERG? with two weeks of erging. No, 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 the national championships. Okay. So the, the Dutch championships, and that was in 2012. Actually. But with two weeks of erging. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, but I have no words. That's amazing. I kind of had the advantage at that point that the, the para racing was, um, uh, still was a thousand meters till then. So after after Rio, the, the para races, also became 2K, but until then it was just um, 1K. So that's kind of um, well, it's it's a big difference because then you only oh, have to yeah. you only have to suffer then <laughs> for three and a half minutes instead of <laughs> <laughs> small seven, <laughs> and that's a big difference for somebody who isn't that much trained. <laughs> yeah, I know. I went rowing this morning and I was like, oh boy. For, for telling people <laughs> telling people you know what to do and and asking a lot of them I I realize this is a very hard sport <laughs> so yeah but but everybody's yes. very willing to do it so nobody yeah um, well they, they would kind of would complain but they all in there for themselves and they kind of don't matter because they still show up every time how True. hard you how hard you get them it doesn't matter they just show up the next time it's like all right last time was tough but Kind of, let's do it again. <laughs> do it again. And so are you training with a group at this time? So now you've moved to rowing and yes. you're you're going to the national championships. You're training on the ERG now. You have two weeks. Um, mm -hmm. How does that first race go on the ERG? How'd that go for you? Oh, um, yeah, it, 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 it was pretty much tough because uh, without zero experience on, on the racing and erg, it's just This is like, amazing, by the way. Yeah, it, it's kind of, everybody makes the, the same rookie mistake. It's just like, go out as fast as you can. And then after, well, 200 meters finding out, oh shit, I'm out of strength and <laughs> I, I can't anymore. And at that point, it's like, no, it's just, just, I just kind of run into the wall and it was just lost it was kind of it went straight into a survival mode and i was like oh this is kind of horrible and and at the same point i was like oh, i kind of want to do it again because every time you do it it's like okay you want to improve every race every uh, official race you're going to do you want to be faster than the last one and every time you just want to improve and improve and uh, every time you're finished you think like okay i can hurt myself a little more next time because uh, oh, as, as soon as you're finished, you kind of forget the pain you had um, in the race. And after it's like, hmm, hmm, okay, it's it's kind of still hurt. But you always think like, okay, I could do more pain somewhere. Or you could, you, there's always some kind of improvement points. 
so that was well, kind of for me after that race it was like um i was kind of motivated because i i just uh beat it uh two other guys that were rowing for uh for a longer period and i just beat them kind of big with a 15 15 seconds difference so so that that pretty oh much motivated God. me to um uh, just getting better and better and yeah that, that kind of works well for me so okay so you do okay you do all right in this first this first one you're beating some of these guys that have been doing this for a long time what was it that you learned or took away or wanted to do better from that race? And then what did you change moving forward? So now, now you have mm -hmm. your, your beach muscles, but you're like, okay, these beach muscles are not the best for erging. What changes? Um, yeah, well, a lot of things, because uh, at that point I just started to do some uh, row specific training. So just doing longer pieces on the erg, just like the steady states and, uh, just building up the strength, just just making sure the body kind of adapts to the movement. Um, and it kind of took a while. And but the, but the first thing you just learn after a race is just like, all right, um, you got to pace. <laughs> just for the next race, just one thing you just got to pace. Just don't go out um, going completely bonkers in the first two hundred meters because you know you're not gonna last till the till the finish if you just go go out full speed. Fly and die doesn't always work. No, no. no <laughs> for some reason, well, some people just keep kind of keep believing it. And <laughs> they think like, all right, maybe the next time it might work. Maybe I've got a good day and, and maybe it might work. But yeah, it's, it's, that's, that was one of the first things like, all right, maybe I have to um, fly a little less next time. <laughs> But 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 still, it's it's um, it's it's still very easy because uh, I think every rower relates. It's the first uh, the first minutes just feels easy, and you were like, "All right, perfect, no problem." And then you just go into the third or the the third or the fourth quarter, and it's like, "Oh shit, I made a huge mistake." That's that's just the same. I think every rower can relate, and even how experienced you are, you are. Um, there's there's always something that's triggering um kind of triggering your mind just to go uh try to do better than you you kind of practiced you always wanted to do more and more and well with that just comes mistakes and well it's 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 always hoping that you learn for the next time <laughs> exactly and, and otherwise the simple thing is if you don't learn you just know you have to suffer a little bit more that's that's the whole thing <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. And so you started doing a lot more volume, right? So you're putting in yes. a lot more volume on the erg at this mm -hmm. point. A lot of, um, what is it, two by 20? Or what did, what sets did you say you were doing? Two yeah, by 20? Yeah, well, that was from um, start. And then at the end, it was just like um, uh, three by 20, two by 30. So, so just doing uh, a full hour of steady state on the erg and and also at that point, uh, I, I started rowing in the boat. So uh, just doing the, 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 the boat sessions. Of course, of course, it was uh, first a matter of learning the techniques in the boat before you could actually call it rowing. But um, <laughs> you, you, you kind of pick up quickly enough. And it's, it's, it's still, although uh, it doesn't look like rowing, the body is working and adapting to the volume of the training. So that's it's always kind of 
helps. Although it's not moving the boat as efficient, efficient as you like to. Oh, sure, sure. But we'll get there. And so you're doing this volume. Are you doing two a days? Are you erging for roughly an hour and going on the water every day? Well, yeah. Well, at that point, it was just like, um, that was the very first start. So it was just training once a day, uh, mm -hmm. sometimes twice a day. But it was mostly kind of... Uh, once a day and it was I, I wasn't at that point um a part of the national team i was just one of the the talents um of the paralympic team and just uh scouted as a talent and uh, that 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 just gave me the chance to train um with the rest of the group but uh further it was just all um well most of the trainings i did i did at home just in the gym um, I kind of still believe that doing um, a lot of benches and rowing, rowers, seated rows and working those muscles just kind of could help me. So it was just, um, there wasn't pretty much structure in the training, but I was, well, it kind of, the, the body was improving uh, and getting used to the rowing. So uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of built up. Absolutely. And so you're starting to train, you're, you're scouted, first of all. So that's really interesting to me. I actually want to come back to that because I have a couple questions about how the team works. So you're starting to get in a boat now and spend a little bit more time in the gym doing some of those um, rowing specific lifts. Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of what you're known for in a way. I know your Instagram is packed with these insane photos of you just I mean, I don't think you have an ounce of body fat. You are doing crazy <laughs> lifts all the time. Your strength is insane. So what kinds of stuff are you doing? You mentioned a few. What else are you doing in the gym that makes you so fit to do this kind of rowing? Um, well, I, I think it's, it's I, I always had, uh, because I was already working, I was, uh i think uh, what was it like i was 21 at the point i was started rowing so i already did six years of strength training so uh at that point i was already uh, pretty muscular but um it, it, but it was the, all the beach kind muscles of, i mean the ladies yeah, yeah, could yeah, not yeah, you can keep the ladies all, away right all, yeah <laughs> 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 yeah so um but um yeah what it is now is just the movements that just um Oh, that, that builds them up, just rows, and it's it's just making sure that every body type or every muscle just still gets the uh, gets the attention it's needing. So, um, and what I do currently, it's just um, kind of a variation. Actually, I just kind of train every uh, body part, and uh, yeah, with 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 exercises I do with my uh, I make with my strength coach and. Uh, this could be a very big variety, but they all have to kind of have to support the uh, rowing. Um, and, and well, as, as you can see on my on my Instagram, it's it's just mostly uh, or the movement I kind of love the most is the pull-ups because um, I, I don't know. It's I think it's one of the most impressive uh, or the most cool uh, exercises kind of there is because it's just. Uh, you kind of need uh, loads of strength just to pull your body up and um, there's there's so much variety you can put into it and it's just it, these are the exercises it's kind of it's it's keeps challenging just to go 
faster or just do it heavier and heavier and um uh, I, I think that's one of my most, most favorite exercises, actually. Okay, so let's say that we're beginners like myself. I'm trying to be able to do pull-ups. Um, mm -hmm. What are some good tips for beginners or people that are not, you know, as strong upper body-wise mm -hmm. as you? What are some good starter tips to get to do more pull-ups? Um, to get more it's 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 uh um, how about how about one one or two one or two one? beginners <laughs> two. yeah <laughs> beginners. yeah i think that's for most people already a big challenge um it's 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 just kind of focus on all the on all the movements there is in the uh in the pull-up so it's just not only just the way up you do it's it's loads of muscles you you kind of work and just focus on on all of them and you don't have to do you don't have to hang into a bar to uh to do a pull-up because you could also when that's too heavy just um lay on the floor and uh and get a stick and just do kind of uh do rows with it so as, okay. as, as long as when you get better in rows it's just all the, the 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 muscles in the back that's working so when the rows get better you can just kind of getting more to the uh to the pull-up so you can do it in a rack, but then seated or your legs supported, so you can uh, do a little bit better. Um, you can do them jumping, so that you just hold up on top of the bar and just release very slowly, so that you do the um, you do the opposite way around. And then at that point, you just kind of let let your body adapt to uh, the movement, and it's just building the strength it needs um, without having the complete load of the body that you have to pull up. That's incredible. Those are really great tips and a really good progression. I would think if you're starting from scratch. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's it's just um, more like don't just start hanging on the bar and just try to. <laughs> That's what I did. We love. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, and, 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 and some some people just get lucky. They can just kind of get their chin up on the bar. Uh, mm -hmm. But so, some people can kind of can get lucky. But it's just building. Um, kind of build it from from the basics and just start on the ground and and just keep it easy and um, well it's it's I think the 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 the, the biggest thing is that you don't have to um, uh, kind of uh, you have to stay motivated and it's it's just small steps and every small step you take just brings you further um, but it's just uh, it's just a matter of patience That's okay most of it. You That's a really, really good tip. Yeah, you 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 you. It's it, I think it's 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 not good to expect that when you start training now you can do ten pull-ups next week. It just might take a couple of months, and uh, with every pull-up you do and every one every single one you add to them, it's just uh, kind of a big victory you put. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And so a lot of times too, we talk about. Being in the gym, um, obviously a lot of guys are doing, you know, leg press, rows, all the things to build the muscle groups. But a lot of people skip over the little muscles and the little tendons, like doing band work and stretching or yoga. Um, how do these other smaller exercises come into play when you're doing so much lifting and strength training? What do you do on the side to sort of protect your, your tendons, muscles, hip flexors? All of those things. Oh well, I, I don't do. Um, I, I I definitely should stretch more. 
but um, I'm, I'm kind of very um, I'm kind of very lucky. I'm very flexible myself, so that's that's kind of um, uh, a lucky thing for me. I, sh I I I probably or not probably. I really should stretch more. Um, <laughs> that that kind of could help me, but. Um, it's just um, well for now. It's just uh, the, the 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 kind of the weekly massages I had with uh, with uh, the sports therapist uh, we have at the training center. Um, just helps me to relieve the the, the soreness from the muscles and um, well that that kind of helps me. And it's it's just uh, it's the full package. Of course, you should stretch more, but you just have to watch your uh, food and make sure your intake is enough. Uh, on the daily base to to make sure your body can recover to its fullest. Yeah, that's a really big one. That's a really big one. Nutrition, and you are also um, an incredible cook. <laughs> I, I would like I would like to think so. Yes. <laughs> your Instagram is in addition to all the muscle and pull up pics, amazing food. So I, you... I kind of burn muscles and uh, or burn calories and, <laughs> and 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 also burn charcoal for the barbecue. <laughs> That's so true. And so, what are your, some of your favorite things to make just for yourself? Just really quickly on the on the side, we could talk about food forever, but just for yourself, what do you really love to make after a good hard uh, day of working out? After a good uh, t tonight, I actually made uh, chicken burgers. Uh, on the on the barbecue, yeah. So those were uh, pretty good, and the, the, they they tasted oh, well. They they are pretty good after a, after a hard day of training. Um, but actually, it kind of uh, if I don't if for 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 kind of for cheat day, uh, I'm I'm currently more into making pizza. It's it's Ooh. kind of my my favorite thing to do now. But it's more just experiencing. Uh, with making the dough more perfect, um, using di different techniques for making the dough, and just kind of, um, uh, kind of nearly, uh, somebody actually called me a, a pizza nerd today <laughs> because I was, <laughs> he was like, it's we're, we're talking about pizza, and I was like, well, it's it's, it's a little bit more than just pizza. It's it's, I I, I like the kind of the way you can make it and. Uh, making the dough, let it rise and let it rise for uh, for a couple of days to make it more better and all the way. I, I could talk hours about exactly pizza, but we're not going to do that. Okay, <laughs> but I do have one question, very important. Does pineapple belong on pizza? If you like to, it's possible, yeah. What about I, you? I, um, yeah, I, I kind of like it, actually, yes. I love it. So oh, I'm... all right, cool. Because I was nearly, I was nearly afraid I'd gone to see the, the no connection or podcast ended. Oh. I was like, it's... <laughs> no, it's just a very polarizing. People are anti pineapple or love it. So yeah, you're well, a pizza it's, guy. It's, it's it's a good thing you have time in the world to to argue about those things. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. First world see, problems, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Just exactly about, about about pineapple. Perfect. No problem. <laughs> That's so true. Okay, so you have this crazy hard day of training. Um, you're in the gym. You're making pizza with pineapple. Let's talk about the rowing. So mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the rowing and not just what you're doing on the water, but 
sort of how para rowing works because I think it gets put into this big category of just para rowing or the Paralympics. But can you break down a little bit like what boat class you're in and what are you rowing and what does that mean on the water? Yeah, yeah, well, it's, 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 well, hate is a big word, but I just don't really like the word para rowing. It's just like, mm. well, we're, we're just rowing. We're rowing in a boat. So it's a boat and it's, it's rowing. Uh, but well, it, talking about uh, the, the classes, you have three classes uh, in rowing. So it's the PR1, uh, PR2, and PR3. Um, this that's since since three years actually, because before it was just other names. And uh, those are the three boat classes. And um, uh, for the Paralympics, uh, they stand for uh, oh well, it's the PR1 is for the. Uh, uh, well, mostly it's kind of paralyzed people. So those people only uh, use the arms and shoulders. So they're fixed in a seat with a strap around their uh, waist. And the PR2, so that's that's the boat class I row in. That's uh, mostly for people with uh, leg deficiencies. So people who don't have very good use of one or uh, two legs. And that's only trunk and arms uh, you use. And the PR3, it's... Um, well, full body rowing, it's just normal uh, rowing like we know to, but uh, people with uh, visibility problems, but also um, mobility problems like knee, ankle, or just, um, well, even if you're just missing a couple of fingers, you can already uh, row PR3 because you're, uh, well, when you miss three fingers, it's kind of hard to skull in a, in a skull boat. So then you can just do the, um, uh, uh, you're you're classified for for uh, para rowing. Interesting. Okay. And so, what what should we call it if if you don't love the term well, para it's, rowing? It's, yeah, it's just rowing. Just rowing. Kind of. Yeah. 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 Just rowing. I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. It is what it is. <laughs> exactly. But when they call it, you know, the Paralympics and and stuff, we want to make sure that we're. All yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know. it, it's it's yeah. It's it's not um, like I said. It's not kind of hate, but it's just more um, why name it something else? Because the complete movement is kind of the same like all the other guys do, except some of us are a little bit more strapped, and it's it's all adapted to the the possibilities of the body. But but that's it. We still row the same boats, uh, do the same actually kind of do the same thing. So why absolutely uh, kind of give it uh, an extra name? Yeah, absolutely. I love but it. I think I, I think that's that, that, that kind of is more my um, well, kind of own vision uh, on things because uh, like I'm uh, officially kind of I'm an adaptive rower, but I don't see myself as somebody uh, with a disability because I'm um, if I look around me, I'm fitter than most of the people around me who are. You are the king. Yeah, you are the of, king. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm more fit than uh, most able, able body people uh, there walking around. So why just call it para instead of, well, just kind of normal? I love that. <laughs> I think that. that's more, yeah. I love that. That's such a good way to think about it, too, that a lot of us on the outside don't think of differentiating like that. I mean, that's 
that's so interesting. That's a great way to look at it. And so what boat are you actually in? Like what, tell us about like, who, who are you rowing with? Yes, yes. Uh, the boat I'm in is a, it's a mixed double. So um, the, the, the para rowing is actually the, the only, uh, uh, the only rowing numbers with, with mixed numbers. So uh, the PR1, for example, or uh, for explanation, the, the PR1 is in the single. Uh, the PR2 um, is for Paralympics, is in a mixed double, and but we also have uh, a single number for uh, for non-Olympic or non-Paralympic boat as a non-Paralympic boat class, uh, and the uh, PR3 is uh, is a coxed four, also mixed. So that's two male, two female. Uh, so I'm rowing in the in the in the mixed double with uh well with Annika van der Meer so my rowing partner that's fantastic and so have you guys been racing together for years or did you were you always in a mixed double or did you start in a single no, you we, um I was always in the mixed double but uh before uh or I went to 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 Rio so my first uh, Paralympics I went uh with my former rowing partner Esther uh, and after Rio, uh, she uh, retired as a rower, uh, and uh, I, I teamed up with Annika to uh, to row for the kind of the well. We we planned the next cycle for the for till uh, Tokyo. For Tokyo, oh, that's so exciting! And so, how do you take all that endurance training onto the water? What kinds of work are are you guys doing? A lot of volume on the water. What kinds of work are you doing on the uh, water that? translates to the erg um yeah it's it's just the, the longer kind of longer steady state session so in in winter it's um mostly between 12 16 kilometers uh for a session um or just uh, longer bike rides uh indoor training for longer time i also like to use the ski uh, the ski erg so the other, yeah. uh, the other, the other torture machine of concept two. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I yeah. also kind of love to use that uh, machines for longer sessions because um, uh, although I'm, uh, I, although I'm pretty good at the erg, I just really kind of hate it. <laughs> really, you don't love to erg. I, you no. know, I know very few people that love the erg. Although I have met people. Let's say they do. Yeah, yeah. Some I, people, yeah, some people think they're gifted to uh, <laughs> to row very hard on it. But um, I, I, I think I have the talent to to do it. But um, actually, we we don't work pretty much. Actually, um, if I, uh, I I think now during the lockdown of the last month, um, I did pretty much. Erging work, but I think I only, even at that point, I was only erging um, three, perhaps four times a week. So, which isn't pretty much. And actually, in the season, um, oh, every kind of every now and then, but uh, mostly from March, April till uh, September, we nearly don't do any erg sessions. <laughs> Oh wow! It's just yeah, because well, when the weather is okay, it's just go out and and row. And but when the weather is really really bad, it's just like okay, um, 
just go indoors. But even uh, kind of if possible, I, I rather do some indoor biking session instead of erging session because um, because <laughs> it's erging <laughs> yeah kind of yeah yeah and, and just after yeah. after um well after doing long sessions it's just uh everything's kind of starting to scratch and just uh feeling sore and yeah it, it's just i yeah well it's, it's <laughs> so what else are you doing during quarantine you're you're erging a little bit, cycling, doing the gym. Are you cooking and playing Call of Duty? Are you watching movies? What else are you doing during quarantine? Um, well, I kind of did all the chores I already promised to my <laughs> wife doing for the last two years. <laughs> oh, the last two years. <laughs> kind of, yeah. So I think it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. After the World Championships, I'm going to do that. And <laughs> World Championship gone by. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it after training camp. And still just keep going and going. And now she was like, all right, there's no excuse anymore now. You have to just do it. And it was kind of a big list. Like, okay, just start here. And just a lot of small things I just had to do um, at home. And um well, it, it was mostly also for training. I just it was just mostly bike rides. I did. I just uh, okay. I really enjoy biking, and I just live in a, in an area that's um, uh, well, it's, which is very a beautiful. Country. Yeah, your yes. entire country is meant for biking and beautiful scenery. Yeah, <laughs> so I spend lots of time on the bike just for longer sessions, and um, oh, kind of also, of course, just. A lot of grilling and barbecuing and oh yeah um, lots of eating yeah <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the racing now too so give me some of your highlights some of your world championships both erg and on the water the olympics <laughs> and then we'll go from there because i want to hear about some of these amazing um world championship titles that you have. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, look behind you. Look at these medals and things. It's, uh, you know. These are not mine, actually. Oh, they're not. <laughs> no, no, what no. Are... <laughs> no, those are not mine. No, I. Um, oh my gosh. Because yeah, no, because um, these are actually from my former rowing partner, so from Esther. Um, because uh, usually um, we we already we always train in Amsterdam. Uh, but I live two hours driving from Amsterdam. So in the season, I, uh, I kind of, kind of have my second home here and I can just have my own, uh, I kind of have my own floor in this house. Um, so I was at this point, I'm, I'm this week, I'm training in Amsterdam. So actually these okay. are all, all her medals she earned through <laughs> all of the years of, of training. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's funny. But it that was this background or the other background. Those are um, sporting laundry that's drying. So <laughs> <laughs> We can all relate to that too. Yeah. We can all relate to that too. Exactly. Okay, so give us a little bit of rundown on some of your highlights, your world championships and your Olympics. What were they oh. and how did they go? Oh, wow. Yeah, well, um, I think the, the the biggest highlight was uh, the the world championships of um, Plovdiv because there I became uh, double world champion in 24 hour. So uh, at at the first day um, on Friday I became world champion in the single, and on Saturday we together became world champion in the in the mixed double. 
so for the because um well for the first year we we wrote together Annika and I uh in in 2016 so after the the uh, the, the the Rio Paralympics we teamed up together and um the first year we kind of won everything so the first uh the first world cup we rode together we were um we were winning the the, the second actually of all of the races of the world cups we we won and we also won the world championship and uh, kind of for the next year um our coach was like all right we're gonna need some more um well uh challenge for 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 us guys to um uh, kind of uh get more race experience because uh para rowing doesn't have pretty much races during the year we have uh two three world cups in the world championship so uh that isn't much so so our coach was just looking for ways to uh to let us race more uh, and then we kind of came up with the idea to uh, also participate in the in the single because since that year it was also possible to to race singles uh, at at World Cups and World Championships. So um, actually, from 2018, we uh, well we kind of raced every uh, tournament double. So we raced them first in the single, and afterwards we also raced them in the in the double. That's amazing, Until you to you get to double up yes that's very cool yeah that's um sometimes it's kind of pretty hard because the 2018 world cup in um Poznan, uh, now it in, in leans the world cup it, it was just two hours between uh, oh. uh both of our finals actually so i just rode my first final uh, i won my first a final in the or first i won the a final in the single and then just um, well, uh, an hour and fifteen minutes later, we just already warming up, or more kind of cooling down, making sure the lactate is yeah. out of the muscle, and just preparing for the extra race uh, for another two k. We had to do in the double, so um, it was kind of heavy, but it never, uh, it kind of never felt, um, yeah, well, it felt tough, but it also. Um, it was for us a nice challenge just to to get more race experience making more uh racing kilometers and just that feeling is it's it's well it's it's worth everything it's just a feeling of racing and competing and uh you can stimulate that in training the hard you try it's it's just very hard to get that same feeling in in training so it it, it was just um kind of a good choice uh for us to do it um so yeah yeah that's that's really neat and so how many world championships do you have on the water versus the erg and i mean ones that you've won like you are the champion yes in on the so many world camps. yeah on the on the water i have uh, got four world championship titles so the first one was in the double in uh, sarasota so in 2017 and then uh, the next year in Plovdiv, we won double. Uh, and last year in Linz, um, I only became world champion in the double, oh, in the single. And we got, um, well, we, we lost our winning streak in the double actually by becoming second and got beaten by the Brits in the, in the final of the double. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, so wow. that was, yeah, that was kind of, well, not kind of, it was pretty tough to, um, well, that, that, yeah, that the winning streak was ended. Yeah. And who are some of your big rivals? I always want to know, like, who, I mean, because I love a good rivalry. I'm doing my whole podcast series right now on rivals that are, it's so fun. So who are some of your big rivals? Who do you look out for to to race at some of these big races? Um, yeah, well, it, it, it's it's a nice thing in, in, in para rowing. Since the last years, it's kind of uh, developing more uh, and more uh, rowers are uh, coming. And now even with the um, possibility to race the single, you see there are more rowers uh, coming because when you have to race in a mixed number, there's always um oh you have to make sure you have a rowing partner so you always have to make sure you find a girl or uh or or a guy to row it but if one of the two is missing there's always somebody um well not able to compete and and with uh, with the singles in our boat class um uh, added uh, there's uh that well for the first time actually there were loads of rowers like they had um uh, well, a B final uh, at the World Championships. Uh, so with 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 twelve rowers uh, in the single skull, which is kind of pretty amazing because for uh, loads of years it was just uh, for the doubles we just had six, seven, sometimes eight competitors. So it it, it wasn't um, well very very busy. And now with extra boat classes, there's much more com competitors, which, um, well, you can see the, 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 the level of the sport is growing and athletes are getting better. And uh, that, that really stimulates each other to, 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 to row harder. Mm -hmm. So just to interrupt you really quickly, would you say that you are seeing this growth in, in the sport because of adding extra boat classes and because people are allowed to double up into different races. So there's just more opportunity to race, which brings more people in. Oh, well, I think, um, what's making it grow? kind of doubling up was always a possibility. Like, uh, okay. the, the Kiwi pair did, did that in Amsterdam. They were racing the, 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 the Cox, uh, double the Cox pair and, uh, the, the usual pair. So, you can always double up. Uh, that's kind of um, your own choice of insanity. <laughs> 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 but I that's think awesome. just adding, adding the boat class and um, making it, uh, making sure that that no athlete is um, is remaining on the sideline. That 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 gives it the extra opportunity. Like doing the single boat class, just don't do mixed boat classes. Just uh, just men or just women. Um, that, that gives more uh, possibilities just for athletes because um, if you if, if if you look at the the the, the our field, so the PR two field, uh, it's it's mostly men that's racing. Um, if you look at the the, the women's class, it's uh, it's half as much. So it's like you there. Well, and that's kind of a sign because if you keep just keep the rowing um, mixed there's still um, only um, a small number of, of people who are able to row, but when you just, well, split it up, there's always more chance. Do you think all rowing should add mixed events? Like even at the Olympics? 
No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> How come? No, well, with all the respects, I think um, there's a big difference between um, men and women. I, I would like to see my rowing partner as big and strong as I am, but I know that's impossible. <laughs> and there's always, um, there's always a big strength difference between men and women. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of don't think it's, uh, it's, it's, well, I, I don't, fairness is not the right word, but you don't do any good to uh, the athlete's uh, potential. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. And so how was your experience in Rio? Um, yes, well, uh, yeah, well, you, you, your first Paralympics is just, um, well, it's kind of, out of the world it's just like whoa what's what's happening it's um the thing kind of every everybody who is uh sporting uh or in a sport club kind of everybody dreams of going to the olympics and for years every four years or every two years you just see it um everywhere on television it's the biggest event in the world and um well just like this like this and you are a part of it and that's kind of unbelievable it's just more the thing like that's always seems the thing that always seemed to be untouchable is um well within hand reach and that's just an, an amazing experience so and how was your race um, this, is, this is so exciting i mean i'm excited just listening to your energy about it it's... um yeah that that was oh kind of good we became fourth so um we we won the wooden medal so that's kind of bad but it's um yeah it 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 it, it was oh well um really something i i look up uh look back on very proud because it's uh uh we just did the the, the best race together we we ever did so every every piece of the puzzle just fall apart um at the moment it was needed to so um well and when you kind of manage to get it at that point it's just um yeah it, it's it's an amazing feeling and uh, although it wasn't uh rewarded with a medal it's just uh, the the experience but also just the feeling of being there and um doing your really your bestest performance um yeah that's 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 kind of priceless yeah. actually absolutely and so did you go into this kind of keeping an eye on the brits again since they had beaten you before were you kind of like really wanted to beat them um yeah well they they kind of uh they they formed they teamed up in 2015 uh they kind of um were there um i think um and in 2016, they became uh, Paralympic champion. And for the last years, they um, they weren't competing uh, because of personal issues uh, and injuries. Um, and well, last year they just uh, were there. And we always, uh, although we were the, the the favorite crew, we always knew like, okay, it's just not. Um, not just an extra boat that's coming to the boat class. It's um, it's like it's the, the the Paralympic champion of 2016 you're racing up to. So it's it's um, 
it's kind of it's not the first uh first one who's who's added up you know you have to uh do any good to to uh, get the best result yeah that makes sense and so this experience at rio almost kind of turns into something a little bit like your first um erg national championship where you may not fly and die <laughs> i don't <laughs> no, think we no, still have no. a fly and die but you learn something and you take that forward so now you're working towards tokyo yes yeah and so, yeah, but so it, it's it's different because um or different uh as for tokyo we're in a very much different role like uh, uh until rio or yeah until rio uh we always became um at the at our world championship so in um in korea in in amsterdam and in, and in france uh we we became fifth at all the world championship and we um stepped up one place which was for us um perfect because we we nearly felt it like we were sort of uh cursed for the fi fifth place because every world championship just oh that again, fifth place, the, the fifth place yeah <laughs> like, and we just uh. good seasons and uh we also uh became on we we won some medals during world cup so you kind of do the um sort of doing the mess for yourself and you kind of got disappointed if you uh becoming fifth again and just Improving that one place uh, for Rio was uh, an amazing experience. But since um, after that, we were kind of the, the golden double. So we were unbeatable till last world championship. So um, for next year's um, Tokyo Paralympics, uh, kind of um, eyes are on us. So you go there with a different energy because you know you're one of the favorites to win the medal or you're a favorite to the, for a medal and also um, well, kind of one of the favorites for a gold medal. So it's it's um, uh, kind of different, different um, well, a, a approach to a tournament you, you have then. And does that feel like pressure to you or is that exciting or both? Um, yeah, a little bit of both. Um, the, um, it, it, it was for me, um, well, the, the, the losing last year was for me very, uh, it was more like a motivation just to train harder, improve, getting, um, oh, getting more fit or trying to get more fit and just uh, working on, on uh, well, work your weaknesses harder and harder and um, kind of make sure you get your revenge next year and um you're on the on the on the good side so absolutely absolutely it's it's for me more um well it's 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 motivating just to um well, keep working every day absolutely and so what is the mood like when you're sitting on the starting line at one of these big races and you know that you are so motivated to perform what are you guys lighthearted or is it very quiet and stressful are you making jokes like what is no, it like yeah. for you guys um uh it's it's kind of a bit of both i know um anika could be quiet and stressed at some points and i'm always kind of looking around and making you're thinking jokes. about your next I'm... pizza <laughs> i'm yeah, just kidding yeah. i'm just kidding <laughs> did, with, did i leave the grill on <laughs> Should I leave the yeah. barbecue on? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm at the start line. I'm just kind of more <laughs> chill, and I just, um, 
like to um, well, suck up what's 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 happening around me. I just kind of um, enjoy it. Um, so um, it's it's also kind of my role at at the at the start line just to make sure everybody stays um, cool, that Annika doesn't feel any stress, just relaxed and um, kind of. Um, well, that the that there's no pressure, kind of. Of course, there yeah. is pressure, but uh, sure. I usually kind of more feel the pressure the the last half an hour till we get to the boat. Oh, it's just, um, oh, it's it's just you you're uh, racing the race in your head, and you kind of. I relate to um, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's before. It's not you, when you're really yeah, on you're, the water as much. Yeah, when you, yeah, at the point I'm on the water, it's like all right. This is what I just trained for, and um, that's for me. That's the point where I feel that uh, kind of I'm in charge of what I'm doing, and then when I'm land, it's just all um, well, not not kind of clear. And when you, you're just in the boat, it's like, all right, we're gonna row, we're gonna do our drills, and mm -hmm. um, from that point, it's just like, okay, it's just do your in thing. A, in a, yeah, just in an hour from now. Um, you can check out your pizza. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it all comes back to that pizza. I love Absolutely. It. <laughs> and so I want to know too, before we kind of start to wrap up, I have a, a few more questions, but I hear from a lot of um, para rowers, I guess, to for lack of a better term, that they actually don't like you, love the term, and also sometimes the way they're treated at races. Um, do you ever feel like things are a little bit different, whether it's at a World Cup or, you know, are you given poor lanes or bad practice times? Or does it ever feel like you're not a priority at any of these races? Well, yeah, well, I wouldn't say it's it's like you're not a priority. And um, I think uh, that's, that's not the point, but uh, I think training times are sometimes, um, well, at, at kind of stupid times. Like your your training time is from uh, six thirty till uh, till eight or something. So early morning or um, from one in the afternoon till two on the hottest moment of the day. Uh, mm. It's just all on kind of stupid times. But um, yeah, well, kind of it is what it is. Yeah, uh, but um, well, I think when when it comes to para rowing, just mostly all the, the 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 volunteers and all the people who's on the water to that try to make sure everything is okay. Um, they they always extra alert when uh, well when the para rowers are uh, going uh, on the water because for some reason they always. Um, well, they wanted to help and they wanted to make sure everything's going good. Um, and I think for some reason, uh, which also is pretty uh, logic, they kind of afraid for accidents to happen and things that's mm -hmm. going wrong and uh, people, uh, they they kind of afraid that the, that the para rows are not able to um, help themselves oh. when some things happen. And mm. I think that's um, mostly the, the the image there is of of para rowing. That uh, most of the athletes needs loads of help, and 
uh, all the volunteering. And I think that's uh, something we have to um, kind of stop thinking about. Like most barrel rows can just do their own thing. They they're just rowing. Their, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They know their way around. Yeah, and they have their own team of people that helps them, and kind of that's enough. That's really interesting. I didn't even think about all the volunteers and stuff that were out there and just the impression that it's given. And But also what, the fun thing actually is last year we um, we got called off at the World Championships uh, when we were training and they uh, they wanted to give us a warning because we were we were training at the para racing para training time so we were like um, yeah sorry we're para rowers it's like <laughs> oh all right, we didn't notice like you're para rowing. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so that amazing. was kind of yeah, that's kind of a big compliment for the uh, well for the rowing you're doing. That it's 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 uh, looking from a distance like it's just regular rowing with using the legs and uh, well, kind of we only using our trunks and body, but we just can uh, make the length that makes it looks like it's just regular rowing. Amazing. That's amazing. And so what is something that spectators could maybe learn about para rowing that makes it a little bit more exciting to watch? Like something that we wouldn't think to look for that makes it really fun to watch. I know I'm oh, putting you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> something oh, interesting, a... like, like an extra challenge or something that we just wouldn't know would be going on behind the scenes. Oh, oh, um, it's pretty tough. Well, I think it's just that everybody needs to remember that uh, to get at the point where all those rowers uh, are um, are and performing at at world championships, there's um, tons of work done just to get their fitness. And um, although it's 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 adaptive rowing and it always doesn't look like um, well, usual rowing, like the big guys of two meters and a hundred kilos, um, just the para rowing guys, uh, all the, the athletes just do the same, mostly the same volume of training. I think that's just something to remember that they do the same volume of training. Um, and they do the same with, um, less body and just only, uh, sometimes just only arms. They just pulling just over adapted. the water. Yeah. Yeah. Just adapted. Interesting. Oh, that's so good. I love that. And so what's something that um, not only world rowing, but maybe federations or even people like myself can do to help put adaptive rowing on the map or make it more visible, give it more PR? What, what does it need to get eyes on this incredible, incredible sport? Oh, well, that's... Um... Oh, that's a tough question, actually. I think... Um, Does it need more PR? Maybe it doesn't need it. Well, well, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of not sure. If you... Uh, now, now we're racing the 2K uh, races. It's, it's all part of the program. Uh, when, until 2016, we were racing the, uh, the 1,000 meters. And mm -hmm. uh, not, not all courses were built for that. So you still started at the start. And after a thousand meter, meter, your your race was gone, and then just the last thousand meters till the uh, pontoon, you were just pedaling light, and that 
no, actually nobody saw the race because the grandstands are always at the finish, but there was nobody finishing oh. because everybody already finished at the thousand meters. <laughs> it's made it pretty weird for, 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 for racing. Um, but now we are just, uh, because we're racing just the, the, the full 2K, um, well, the grandstand still uh, is, is at the finish line. So everybody still stays there just to uh, cheer for their favorite rowers. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of not sure. And, um, I, think that, I think that's a good look, point, if, if, though. If you, look at, if you look at other um, para sports, is that uh, rowing is one of the few sports that's um, included in a normal world championship. If you look at cycling, it's just that they all have their own cycle events. They, uh, they don't um, include with, uh, with, with just the normal... Uh, Olympic rowing or the Olympic cycling. It's just uh, rowing is just Paralympic and Olympic classes. It's just all together in one tournament, um, which makes it, um, well, something very big and something very unique. You don't see it in athletic. They, they, did, a, they did it last year, I thought in Holland, a kind of mixed event. And they were uh, kind of, everybody was cheering because they were like, oh, we're getting a mixed event, Paralympic and Olympic. It's all together. It's all included. And I was like, well, we already do it for years. So it's, it's, it's for us. Um, when we were going to Rio, it was kind of weird because that was for us the first tournament. We didn't travel as a big group. The para rowing uh, in Holland, it's just, um, it's the double where we, we were rowing in. Or in Rio, it was, we only had two boats. We had a PR1 boat, so the single. And we had a double. So we only had three athletes. And usually at World Championships, we just go at, as the Dutch squad. Um, well, with uh, 50, 60 athletes. And now we're just traveling like a small group. And it was like, oh, this is weird. Because usually it's just a big group and a big event. And um, for us, the, the, the Paralympic was for, uh, just was a small event. It was part of something very big. But... As a rowing event, it was just very small if you compare it to um, a World Cup or a World Championship. So I'm kind of not sure if it's, um, of course, uh, extra uh, publicity should be good for the sport. But I think we can also be very proud of the fact uh, that para rowing is already completely included in... Uh, in uh, Olympic sports. That is a really great way to put that and did not even think of that. The, the 2K thing with the grandstands and stuff, I didn't even think of that. That's, I, I think that will help. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yes, well, it's, 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 it's a nice thing to, to uh, finish when somebody's cheering for you because everybody's yeah. screaming you, everybody's <laughs> screaming you through the last 400 meters, which are mostly the toughest you just exactly. moving to, you, you are moving to the cheering sounds and uh, that kind of motivates but um, my first race was uh, so in 2013 we were finishing at a thousand meter line and there was nearly well um, well my sister because she listened to England she was there and she was cheering there at the finish line um, for me with the family but it's actually that's it <laughs> I kind of had my um, private spectators at the thousand meter line for the finishing but for everybody else it was just well 
thousand meters finished over and well you just rode to the grandstand for the last thousand meters but there was for the for the spectators there was kind of nothing to see at that point because there was just no racing going on yeah oh my gosh well I, thank you so much for your time explaining all of this to me this is absolutely incredible and i sure learned a lot not only about fitness uh pizza how this works um the boat classes i learned a lot today i really hope listeners do too and my last question that i love to ask all of my co-hosts is what do you love about rowing why does rowing light your fire um Oh, well, I think it's loads of things, actually. It's, it's more just being, um, uh, it's, it's kind of being in the moment, in the boat, and just feeling uh, the boat flows under, through, uh, under you. And just, um, uh, it, it's, it's kind of the, the, the chase to the perfect stroke. That's, that's Ooh. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds very that deep, actually. Oh, that's huh? even, that needs to be a t-shirt. That's good. I'm going to make bumper stickers or something. I want 40%. Sorry. Uh, I mean, that's fair. You did. You did come up with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. I let you do the rest of the work, but I want 40%. Oh, okay. <laughs> Perfect. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. 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 I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> All right. Well, honestly, thank you so, so much for your time here. Um, I really learned a lot and obviously following you on Instagram. Um, and please remind everyone what your Instagram is. Where can we follow you? Uh, well, I, I hope you're going to do a kind of sort of shout out, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's my name, Cornelis. I, I think when I think about it, it's pretty difficult to pronounce in English. How <laughs> <laughs> it's like at CR Nailus. Uh, but I think you really have to do a shout out or just tag it. I think that's the, the, the easiest part because it's it's going to be pretty tough to <laughs> to to explain to the watchers at home. Exactly. <laughs> okay, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. But um, I'm really hoping that you come out with a cookbook soon. And honestly, the best of luck um, in your upcoming training. And I hope that we can follow up with you again. Um, when we get closer to the Paralympics, because that it should be cool. So cool. I really, I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I'm so, so glad. I'm so, so glad. And everyone else that's listening, um, obviously you can tune in on Instagram and then on YouTube here at the Candid Cox. Um, thank you again so, so much. Um, be sure to follow Cornet, and we will see you guys next time. Bye.